Wendy, let me in. I want to be your friend. I want to guard your dreams and visions. That's a very famous lyric from Bruce Springsteen's song, Born to Run, from 1976, off the album, Born to Run. Joe, how you doing today? Not bad, Shawnee. How you been, man? I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, I do enjoy these Monday night recordings because I'm off the next day. I'm off on Tuesdays. Um, always excited to record these episodes. Um, what do you think about that opening lyric? Oh, I always loved that. When he let me in, I want to be your friend. I want to guard your dreams and visions. Just wrap your legs around these velvet rims. And what's the next one? Yeah. Just that's for fun. With- that's what we're doing. Um, Wendy, let me in. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to guard your dreams and visions. Just wrap your legs around these velvet rims and strap your hands across my engines. I dig it. Yeah. I mean, I like, I'm more focused on the actual, uh, I want to guard your dreams and visions portion of that lyric because okay. that really, I was listening to, I, I have a shower radio. So I'm in the shower. I listen to music. Um, and born the run came on and that was playing. Um, and it's one of those things where I want to guard your dreams and visions. It really just hit me at that moment. It's like, there are people in your life. Um, they don't want to guard your dreams and visions. Always. They want to laugh at you when you say your plans, you know, like you make plans and God laughs, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so the idea of guarding someone's dreams and visions, these very personal things to people, um, really hits home to me. And I know how Bruce is. I know, you know, his lyrics, his whole musical catalog and, um, how he has all these powerful lyrics, but that one and this song really stuck out to me this week. Um, what does it mean to you guarding someone's dreams and visions? What that when I hear that, what that means to me is my man Bruce was really in love with Wendy because whether it be a romantic type of love or a friendship or whatever, someone's sincerity to me can always be measured by their loyalty. And it's not the loyalty that they say, it's the loyalty that they do, so to speak. It's that old saying that I cannot hear a word you're saying because your actions are so loud. Because you really know it. You'll know it when you go to somebody and say, man, I just got, I got this, or I got a new job or something like that. And they say, yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm really happy for you, man. Honest to God, well, you go to another quote unquote friend and say that, and they'll kind of, oh, they'll shit on it somehow, you know, and, and that, 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 it's just, it's a very subtle thing. You got to keep your antennas up, but, um, yeah, not everyone, friendship. Not everyone's always happy for you. Not everyone's ever always happy for you. They really right. if uh, they're not happy for you, you know. Bob Bob Dylan used to have a song that said, You got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend. And then he went on to talk about different things. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that everyone that, that says something negative or has that kind is is absolutely not your friend. What I am saying is you'll be able to tell quickly the ones who are. The ones who aren't, maybe you wonder about, or you have to, they, you need more proof or you need more. But the the person, if you go to them and say, I, I was just accepted into this college or whatever. And that person says, oh man, that is fantastic. I know how, how hard you wanted that and how hard you worked for it. I really, really, you know, I'm really, really happy for you and, and so forth. Let's do this or let's do that. As opposed to the one that says, oh yeah, well, um, they let anyone in there or so. Yeah, just no, whatever. It says these little comments they'll make and you think it's just so innocuous, but you think about it later and it just sticks with you, right? They, they, it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. Now, sometimes that person's a decent person. Yeah, they're kind of your friend, but they may have, 
some kind of a, a little insecurity or something. I mean, I've seen that before. It doesn't mean they're really not or you, they're your enemy or whatever. Like I said, it's sometimes difficult. It throws a little question mark up. It throws a little, it makes the water a little murky. But when someone says, you know, and you know what? There is, there are those people that may say to your face, Oh, I'm so happy for you. And they walk around the corner and then they mumble. You don't really know. You don't really know. But one thing that, to get back to cut it to back to that lyric, when he says, Wendy, I want to guard your dreams and visions to me, my man is in, in true love. I mean, true love. So. That's what that meant yeah, to me. That, for that. him at the time, um, I haven't really analyzed the lyrics that much in terms of what was Bruce was thinking. Because I used to always go on a, sub, a, a site called um, Song Meanings. It was like songmeanings.net or something like that. And I always wanted to know the meanings of lyrics. I was fascinated by lyrics. I was always constantly seeing what people were thinking the lyrics about, how they interpret them. Because lyrics, because um, music, music makes everyone feel differently. It makes you feel a certain type of way. And the lyrics really mean something to everyone that you can internalize it and apply it to your life and you could also think about it from the artist's perspective so bruce probably in this song um i want to guard your dreams and visions he could have just he could have been talking about love but he also could have been talking about his life experience he could have just been including all different sorts of things in that one lyric but um it just hit me when i heard that lyric it's like i want to the idea of someone guarding your dreams and visions and and uh carefully it was deep. It's, it's deep and it's uh yeah. yeah, it's deep showing it and, and, and it brings, you know, brings a, a couple of things to mind. First of all, it was a movie back in the 1980s called Eddie and the Cruisers. And in Eddie and the Cruisers, the main character was a guitarist and a vocalist and he was really talented, but he, it's not until he met this other dude, Frank. He met this other dude who was really good. He was a, he was a former English teacher and he was really well versed and he had, but he called himself the word man. And even, even Eddie called him the word man. And he says, they both, they both, Frank says to Eddie in this one scene, he says, you know, we're going to go places because words and music, words and music, they go together. You and I go, you know, that kind of a thing. So it just brings back that memory of that movie. But uh, just to talk about Springsteen, some, you know, some of these artists, artists, the lyrics are okay. They're cool. And some of them, the lyrics are poetry, man. Yeah, well, the just... lyrics and with Springsteen, I mean, I, not to jump to a different song, but Jungle Land, you know, yeah. when he says the poets down here don't write nothing at all. They just stand back and let it all be. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, and I just I just listened to a phenomenal interview with uh, Howard Stern interviewed Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. um, it was on Sirius originally, still on Sirius, but it's also airing on HBO. Uh about a two-hour interview, I recommend it to everyone listening. You'll learn so much about these two icons in their craft, Power with Radio, Bruce with Music. Um, but Bruce gives so many insights, and he says, you know, sometimes he doesn't write songs for years. It's like you get these, you get these uh, inspirations from divine inspirations. You don't know where it comes from. It just comes to your mind. And the next thing you know, you're up in the middle of the night writing down these lyrics, and you're writing these songs. And sometimes you don't have that for years, and sometimes you lose it forever. So you're right. With some of these iconic artists and the lyrics they have, um, pay attention closely to them because it's like they 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 came from somewhere, right? You know, they were inspired. So, well, I was just told, we were just talking the other day about an Aerosmith song, and I, I this you can see it. There's an interview somewhere where Steven Tyler's talking about um, when he 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 wrote the the music for that, you know, to come up with the words for that. That he still wonders where they came. Like he, he shocked himself. He said something, something took him over and brought those words into him, you know, live and learn from fools and from sages. I mean, he, 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 he himself was like, 
you know, and I don't know where it came from, man. And it's like, you know, that a lot. So a lot of that song was came to him just in some kind of a he was in some kind of a wavelength or some kind of a rhythm. It's neat. It really is neat when you stop and think about it. But some songs are just just lyrics and other times, you know, they're poetry. So I I view uh, lyrics and music uh, above poetry. Poetry is just words on paper. It's cool. But the combination of the lyrics and then the instruments and the voice and the song and the the, the singers and the band members, um, the work yeah, that goes was... into producing that, I think I have so much more respect than a, for a great song than a great poem. Oh, no. Well, what I'm saying is that's what makes it so awesome because you have the word part of it, then you have the music part of it. Each are genius. But exactly. what I'm saying is the lyrics are so good in and of themselves that even without the music – They'd stand there a solid poetry. That's when you know you really got yep. a song yep. with some monster lyrics. When but, if you take away the music, that thing could sit there on its own as a piece of work. It's so well written. Exactly. That's what I mean. That's what and I the, mean. The cool thing about it is when you read these lyrics, you could start hearing the actual song in your mind a lot of the times. It's like, wow, sometimes the, the you know, human beings uh, amaze me. It's like the fact that we're able to just like look at like words and then hear something in our mind, it's like, whoa. Um, that's pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so I don't want to start off too somber, but um, remember the actress Kirstie Alley? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I play, just found she out play she, Cheers? Yeah, she just died at the age of 71. She was battling cancer uh, silently, suffering, but um, oh, she, she just died literally right before we started airing the show. So rest in peace, Kirstie. R.I.P. Is, is right. That's, that's, mm, that's something. I remember her from Cheers. Yep, she was in Cheers. Uh, that was on from 82 to 93, so um were you watching cheers when it was on yeah yeah it was a regular thursday night yeah was she uh what i didn't really watch that show what was did she have like a big role in it what was her was she a bartender she came in to um quote unquote manage the bar to help out sam who was um ted dancing was the main it was his bar but she came in uh per his request to be like a manager to really get a hold on things and of course that the sexual tension was there will they won't they all this kind of garbage for a long time with the with that character and sam's character and then i don't forget what happened but she left the show and then um some blonde came on some blonde actress came on and took on the same role in the bar as the quote-unquote manager but it was a different name i forget what it was but it was uh and they kind of continued the same kind of thing the little tension between between them and i do think that blonde and sam alone the character i think they did um wind up like dating in the show like for a while you know that kind of a yeah. thing but and, uh, uh kirstie alley was also in a famous movie called look who's talking remember that movie where the babies are talking you know, I vaguely remember. I vaguely, I do. Re, I yes, I do remember, but I I don't think I ever watched it all the way through. I think, I think that's the type of movie that you would probably get a kick out of. Um, I haven't seen it in such a long time, but uh, you know, the idea of like babies talking and like they made it comedic, and John Travolta was in it. I'm pretty sure, and obviously Kirstie Alley was in it. Um, and I think they made a sequel. It did that well, but um, I just never yeah, went I mean, in for a lot of that stuff. Dude. Yeah, I just, I just. I didn't really know a lot about Kirstie Alley. I just knew, you know, she was relevant at one point and then she wasn't really relevant uh, recently. But, you know, when, when a celebrity dies, it always makes the news. And that, you know, I always check Google News before the show. And uh, that came up, you know, 71 years old, you know, 71. She, you know, she could have got cancer when she was in her 40s and died, you know, died then. So, you know, you have to look at it 
glass half full type of thing. I don't know if she had kids and family and all that type of stuff, but um, 71 is a decent, a decent amount of years to live. And obviously the last couple of years are probably not pleasant, you know, dealing with cancer, but um, God rest her soul. And uh, she did leave a mark to a lot of people, a lot of strangers who just knew her from her, uh, you know, artwork and the, the, the movies and shows she was in. So, and she did. And since we're talking about great music and great lyrics um, this last week, I don't know if we touched on it, but uh, Christy McVeigh um, of Fleetwood Mac. Yes, yep. She died at 79, she, I believe. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I mean, some of the best music and the most unique music. Just really cool stuff. Um, I, I love the yeah. album Rumors. I have it on vinyl. That's one of the um, highest selling albums of all time. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I didn't know a ton about her. It was more like Stevie Nicks. Um, and then the other guy, Lindsay Buckingham. Right. Stevie um, got the limelight and she should. She's a front lady and she's uh, like beautiful, beyond beautiful when she was, you know, especially when she was like 30, 35 and all that. And and she had talent of her own. But behind the scenes, Christy McVeigh really did a whole lot for yeah. that. Apparently she, McVeigh, uh, is it McVeigh? McVeigh, McVeigh. McVeigh. Let, let's not get that, you know. Yeah, you so, know. but she, she, uh, she. She she played a big role in producing the their one of the best albums ever, Rumors. Um, so it sounds like she was kind of like the genius behind the scenes and like yes. doing different things, and she just didn't get the notoriety because, like you said, Nix was probably I don't know, you know, I don't know. Nix Nix had more star power, so they people gravitated towards her. But uh, you know, she obviously left her mark, and um, yeah, that made news. I heard about that, and I heard about it in the news, and then I heard I listened to the Howard Stern show today. Um, Heard them talk about it briefly, so yeah. Um, so what's been going on with you, man? How how was uh how's everything going? How was your weekend? Besides, we'll talk about the Eagles after. But besides the Eagles game, did you have anything noteworthy? Not really, not really. Same old, same old. Um, just uh, enjoy trying to enjoy life, enjoying the late fall, and uh, I guess getting I guess getting ready for holidays, whatever that's going to mean. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, not not too much, but that's okay. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I I worked a ton last week, and then I also worked Saturdays. Um, I'm just so happy to get home on Saturday night, and then Monday night because I know I'm off on Sunday. I know I'm off on Tuesday, so I'm just always super relieved. Uh, um, yeah, the highlight was obviously last night the Cowboys scored 54 points and they won um, pretty convincingly. But um, let's let's save the sports, I guess, to the end of the show. Uh, I saw something on the news today that really like you know, was like, whoa, like, and North Carolina had power outages because someone like attacked the power grid there with like guns. Did you hear about that? I did not. Yeah. So like these guys intentionally like um, went to like a substation, they call it um, and left 33,000 people without electricity um, gunfire. They broke in. It was a targeted attack, open fire. And it got me thinking, it's like, you know, I'm surprised more stuff like this doesn't happen at all more often. Like there's some really like, you know, vulnerabilities, especially on like power grids and like railroad tracks. Um, the idea that people just don't like, you know, take the railroad and damage the railroads to have the trains go off course. And I like to think that like the, the FBI and the CIA and all these government officials are like watching for this stuff. So people don't mess with like um, transportation and electricity, but this happened in uh in North Carolina, you know, on a Saturday night. So, and apparently they have guards and stuff. So when that stuff happens, what do you think? I mean, that's like kind of, it's, it's a form of terrorism for sure. 
I, I think we, the reality of it is we all we are vulnerable in certain ways that we have the best intelligence people in on the planet and we have all, but you know what they have to they have to bat a thousand right they have to bat a thousand they can't strike out once you know yeah i mean you know if you strike out once in, in major league baseball the whole year and you bat 992 you're absolutely a legend whatever it is yeah they have to bat a thousand they can't make one mistake and it's always that one oversight or that one mistake that they make but what about the other 99.9% of the time when they, you know, when they squelched different plans that were, that were in, in the works and, and they, you know, they, they prevented this and they prevented that. And we don't hear about all the stuff they prevent all the time. So I, I think it's, it's just a cold, hard fact of life that we are vulnerable. Um, I think it was about a year ago when everybody was up in arms about um, Putin and his guys Um perhaps being the culprit behind something like this but it was from a software angle where they disabled something i think it was down south too i can't remember where the plant was but from what everyone said that they thought that putin and his guys were responsible for a software you know uh virus sabotage whatever it was to one of our plants down there energy plants, electric, whatever, power plants, causing some problems. And that's an even scarier thought. You know, that's an even scarier thought to think how vulnerable we are. uh, The idea of being remotely attacked where people are using technology, because there's been movies and shows about that type of stuff. Um, You know, like you're driving your car, there's all technology where you can control stuff in your car from your phone and whatnot. Mm -hmm. The idea that a hacker, like a self-driving car, a hacker could hack into your self-driving car and like crash it. That's very scary. Yes. So not only not only not only that, but like I said, the, that is very scary, Sean. It is the, in and of itself. But um, if they take out large power grids, um, and then what? You know, and then then what? Then what happens? Where it's just um, it's very unsettling. But all you can do is 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 hope and pray and uh, and trust. You know trusted goodwill yeah beat evil i, mean, I, <laughs> I like can... to think i always think like we only know certain members of the government but i like to think that there's like so many secret government agent employees out there doing their job behind the scenes and protecting us like angels mm-hmm. um because a lot of people are it's the people think the opposite right people are scared of the government like, oh they're spying on us and they can hear everything we're saying on our phones and this and that and it's like they're probably preventing so much stuff you don't realize you know thank like, you thank you thank you yep i, I i've Listen, um, our government may not be perfect, but it's the best damn government on the face of the earth. I can tell you that. Um, and to me, government has never been a bad word. Um, everyone wants to holler about the government and the government this and government this and goddamn this and that yep. until there's a flood and they're standing on the roof with no shirt on saying, where's my government to come help me? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it's a, it's just one of those things that, uh, it, and it's easy to get lured into, Oh, you know what it is. The government are sending people over here to do this and do it. And I go, Whoa, whoa, time out, time out, stop sign. <laughs> Take a deep breath, relax. I don't think so. I don't think the government is in this and in that, and that you know, the, you know, the, the conspiracy theorist that the government do, is doing this and doing that. Come on, stop it. You know? Yeah. Cause it's just, just tell them to think about life without the government. Um, <laughs> right. You know, the wild, wild that. West. Yeah. 
But did you see that story about San Francisco? They're going to have robots that are allowed to like kill people. What? San Francisco is apparently going to start utilizing robots that can like fatally wound and kill people, criminals. Um, that scared me because I don't, you know, I saw a movie uh, with an ex-girlfriend in high school called I Robot, and it was it was Will Smith was in it. Um, it's like robots started taking. It started off innocently, like robots were cool and like they they they're like you know human like and they can do all these things. But then it turned into a thing where they got out of control. Uh, like we we're talking about earlier, where people can remotely take control of things. But this is like a robots like took control of themselves and started just like causing chaos and trying to take over and like hurt people. Uh, but this story about San Francisco kind of reminded me of I Robot because I'm like, um, you know what what the hell is going to happen if the robot malfunctions and accidentally kills someone? What what a controversy, right? Yeah, but you want to know something really weird. There are times that I I sit and I wonder why we don't come up with something. And I I know the answer answer is money. Um, But if we wanted to, we could come up with some kind of a piece of technology that would preclude all these school shootings and everything else. We could come up with something. I mean, it would be expensive. Taxes might go up or whatever the case may be. But our country... Oh, we could do it. If we could put, a, you know, a piece of equipment on Mars to go up there and, you know, we could find a way to find a piece of technology to preclude all and any of these school shootings from happening. And if they, if they, if something did occur, it wouldn't last long because it would be squelched quickly by, like, by this technology. Like- that, well, what I'm saying is it's funny you mentioned that because I, one of the, one of the thoughts that I had was to put in an automated, security guard like you know like a robocop type of thing like right and only its only job its only job would be and you hopefully you never lose use this thing hopefully it sits there and it collects dust you never need it but if you need it in an instant that thing will go into a kill mode and zero in on the culprit now of course it has to be able to identify the culprit you know so but this is technology like i said if we could put people on mars so we could develop some kind of a bro and let me just say it quickly so i don't take the whole show take up the whole show um develop a very sophisticated piece of automation that could absolutely you only have to give it guns there'll be guns in it there'll be guns in it inconspicuously there'll be guns in it. it's loaded and it's ready to go and it would either fire uh, fire bullets or or something Maybe, maybe tranquilizer dart, maybe whatever it is, maybe throw, it throws a big net over the culprit. But technology wise, we could come up with something, but why don't we? Of course, because it's going to be very expensive. And the people in the Beverly Hills say, yeah, I'd like it to have in our skills. Well, we're going to put one in Harlem too. It's going to cost this much. And now everyone's taxes are going to go up. Uh, well, maybe we ought to think about that again. So, I mean, just saying that yeah. it, w- it would it would increase taxes pretty much everywhere. I and mean, no one's going to go broke. Okay, I say increase taxes means that of everyone's paycheck, it would probably be a nickel. Yeah. Because that's how many, we have 350 million people in this country. So, it, but it's getting that nickel out of everybody. Sometimes that's very difficult, but I think we could come up with a solution technically with the high, with the high tech that we have, we could come up with something to make damn sure that this stuff doesn't happen in any of our schools in the United States of America, but we won't because of money. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I took so well, the long. San Francisco thing. Um, it says uh, the board of supervisors, I don't know who the board of supervisors are, but they voted on this. Um, hopefully they're smart people, but 
Uh, it says, police can deploy the devices, the robots, in limited situations where lives are at stake and no other alternative uh, is available. Um, so yeah, it sounds like it's a very unique, has to be unique situations. Um, mm-hmm. There's no other alternative available. You know, I just, you know, like I said, like, I don't, I don't want it to be a thing where like the robots and the machines take over the world. You know what I mean? Like, like you ever see Terminator with Schwarzenegger and that sort of thing, but. Uh... Well, yeah, I don't think that would happen. And you know what? The, the, the piece of automation might make, a, it could make a mistake here or there, but you're telling me that, and I, I love police. Our police officers are, I, I think that they're, 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 are there bad cops here? Just like we talked about clergy a couple of weeks ago. Don't punish the 99% or 98% that are, that are tremendous for the, for the couple of percent that are, that are bad. It's the same with police officers. Most police, police officers are wonderful, outstanding, hardworking, dedicated people. Now they can make mistakes once in a while too. And they do. And it's tragic when that, when that happens, but they can. They're human. So. What the hell? What are we talking about? We don't. I don't want to do that because these robots could make a mistake. Well, humans make a mistake. Good humans, good, damn good police officers. You know, it happens. It happens. I I saw some very good news. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this last year. Um, Someone shot and wounded Lady Gaga's dog walker and stole her French bulldogs. Um, He was actually just uh, had a plea deal and he's been sentenced to twenty-one years in prison. Um, so I'm happy justice was served with that because, uh, you know, imagine yeah. like you're someone like, you know, kidnaps your dog and like, you know, shoots you for it. And like that because he was doing it. Apparently he did it because the French Bulldogs are expensive. He didn't even know it was Lady Gaga's dogs. Apparently, I don't know if that's true, but uh, that's what he says, I think. But, you know, I believe 20, the fact that he got 21 years in prison, like that's justice, you know. It is. I mean, I don't think either of those people that were shot were killed, were they? No, it couldn't have been. They'd have, he'd no, been doing I think there was like an attempted murder charge, and then he had a plea deal. So obviously that would have been much worse with the murder charge. Right, he'd charges. been doing life. Right. So if they if if someone was killed, then he got off easy. Um, but yeah, for the terror that he put the bur- – I remember seeing the films of that um, and hearing the screams and everybody was all shaken up and um, and just any – you know, I, listen, you know how I feel about dogs. You know what I mean? And, and any time that – that, that whole thing to, to to take those dogs the way they did. There's a dog lover would never do that. A dog lover would never, you know. Okay, so not to say because if you're if you're not a dog lover, you should be penalized. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a person's not a dog lover. They're they're seeing a dog as a means to getting a quick buck. That that bothers me. They never considered the owner loving that dog as like a member of their family. Never considered that. Didn't care about it. Took their firearm out. Shot a couple of people. Injured them. Could have killed them. So yeah, 21 years is is a reasonable. And I don't care if it was Lady Gaga's or, uh, you know, Steve Bauer. I don't, down the street, I don't care who it was. If you're, you're doing that to somebody, any citizen, there should be some heavy repercussions. Yeah. So in all that that person did, 21 years, it's fair. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's move on to some uh, positive things. Um, so we've been doing this thing on the show, if anyone's been listening lately, uh, kind of featuring an actor. Um, we did Al Pacino. We did Edward Norton. Um, tonight we're going to do Tom Cruise. Right, and so, next week the next one we do, Sean. We'll, we'll so we don't the girls don't get the, the feel left out. We'll do an actress, right? We'll do our favorite. We'll do we pick an actress next show, right? And we'll see our favorite. Absolutely, we're, you know we, I mean? we don't have any we don't have any discrimination against gender here. <laughs> Gender, race, anything, nothing. That's the way we, you love people. I love the world. But that's the, the thing too, that I think it just, 
it, in a little sense of equality and a little sense of, of, you know, being fair, I think we should do an actress, you know, our favorite, pick an actress and do our favorite top five of, of her work next show. All right, but go ahead. So I didn't realize, but Tom Cruise was on his way to becoming a priest before he became an actor. Um, he dropped out of school around age 18. Um, he was going to be a priest and then he decided to be an actor. Uh, I believe he was from Syracuse, New York. Um, born in 1962 and it wasn't until around 1982 so i guess he was around 20 years old so it happened pretty quickly because we're talking about how actors are sweet spot is around the age of 30 but for Cruz, it happened pretty quickly um around 82 um so i think the movie that he was in that really put him on the map um if i'm not mistaken risky business was 83 the outsiders was 80 was 83 also but yeah risky business because outsiders he probably had a smaller role well, so before is, you before you read his whole filmography, why don't we do our top, top five? five. Yeah, top, yeah. top five and then we can go over the because if you do the whole filmography, okay. So my no, top no, five. I just, wanna, you know, get I just saw this recently. My and, and hey, this is me. Top the, the number five, Top Gun two, the most recent one, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. That's my fifth. And my first, I thought it was good. I wasn't doing cartwheels over to the head over here. Top five, uh, Top Gun. Two, or I call it Top Gun 2, Top Gun Maverick, the most recent one. Number four, Risky Business, I thought was tremendous. Rebecca DeMornay, who could ever forget her? Um, three, Jerry Maguire. There's a, you know. Show me the money. There you go. And when you have a movie that, that, you know, that has its own. Now, it's number two on the list is Top Gun, the very, the original. And of course, who could ever forget? Did you order the code red? Few good men. A few okay. good men. So, do you? I want the truth. <laughs> is Cruz is Cruz like a, a? So, I read an interesting article in New York Times recently about how movie stars are dying. There's not really a lot of big time movie stars or people who go to the movies to see them and stop what they're doing, and they have to see everything they're in. They said Tom Cruise is like the last real uh, movie star that were you know, that that's around right now, like, you know, in his age range. Um, would you agree with that? No, I would not stars, agree with it whatsoever. Dying? Well, from his age range? No, I wouldn't agree with that. No, at no, all. no, not, not, but just in, in general, like today, like who, who's like a, who's, who's a movie star, you know, around the age between 20 and 36. Um, that's even comparable. That can be on Cruz's level. You know, is there anyone even out there? Well, that's, that's what they're talking about. Like, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I see yeah. what you're saying. They're not. They're not saying that he's a dying breed of his cohorts in that area. They're saying like, that the idea of like today we don't produce a... megastars yeah. the way that we used to. Is that the kind of what we're saying? Exactly. exactly. Okay. Okay. Then I stand correct that I wear my orthopedic shoes. I got you. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, and see, I'm not a big. I'm trying to think of a of an actor or actress that seems to every time you turn around they're in another movie um i'm i'm trying to think but i can't uh, i don't want to say i'm old school <laughs> i don't want to say that but i'd have to think if there were someone today that's that you know comparable maybe you can help me out on that oh man it's such a tough cuz like you know because you're the movie guy here. Yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> uh, the top. That's what I'm saying. The fact that it doesn't come to me immediately is, oh, this guy, you have to see this guy and everything. Um, we have so many young uh, 
stars that are in a lot of stuff and they're in a lot of, they do a lot of different things. They're not just movies. They're in streaming series. Um, one, one name that always comes up, at least with like the younger generation is Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Um, but even he's not like a mega star, but he seems to be like an up and coming type of actor who's in a lot of stuff. I just watched him recently in a movie uh, called bones and all. I saw it in the theaters. Um, but yeah, it's like, there's not, you know, a real name that just like stands out. That's like, man, that guy's like a mega star, right? Harry Styles is a musician mainly. He's a, he's, he's an actor second, but he's a musician. Harry Styles is definitely a mega star. He's the guy a couple of shows ago we talked about, he was having a concert and some idiot threw a Skittle at his eye. Right. But yeah, it's tough mm. to think of like, you know, mega stars, the guy it's, you know, the mega stars are like the musicians who also delve into acting. You know, they do multiple, they wear multiple hats. Um, that right. seems to be kind of like the, where the, the evolution is going in, term, in terms of megastars. You can't just act. You got to do other things. Um, but Well, maybe with I, maybe with the way technology has changed, the way entertainment has changed, because it's coming at you from not just the big screen anymore. It's coming at you from all these different angles. Maybe it's just a function of that. You know, like you yeah, said, it's, it's coming. Uh, you know, you can get something on a podcast. You get something exactly, on, on back in on, the day. The only choice you had was to really go out to the movie theater and you know go to Blockbuster and rent that movie that they're in. And now it's it like could, you have all right. the streaming and stuff. You know, it's a whole different ball game now. So people and and the talent therein may not have changed, but the venues have changed so much, and now there's a myriad of ways that people can bring you entertainment. That maybe the big screen star is is maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe about, it's that I just haven't watched many. In newer movies because to me i don't know maybe again maybe i'm old school but i don't i should when i was listen i'm just going to tell you something when i can remember i'm going back 70s 80s and even 90s about twice a year about twice a year two movies a year were movies that people talked about did you see that yet did you see that yep. yet Silence of the Lambs, man. You gotta see this thing. It's unbelievable. Stuff like this. Or, 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 or Forrest Gump. No, dude, you gotta go see for, I don't, there's nothing like that anymore. There's, there, there, I mean, it's just the whole, and I'm going way back and go way back to as far as I can remember when I was a little kid, there was a movie called The Exorcist. Everyone says, Oh my God, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. And then it was Jaws. And then it was, but there was always twice a year, right? So two times a year, at least I'm, I'm thinking that I can remember there were these movies that people say, Did you see it? It was a foregone conclusion. You were going to see it in the movies at some point. Have you seen it yet? Did you see it yet? Oh, you're going to love it. And this guy, but I don't, I just don't, I haven't yeah. seen that. I said that to someone a decade ago. That I, maybe it's just me getting older or whatever, but I don't, I don't see that kind of, um, the work coming out of Hollywood anymore. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing that I got really pumped up about, cause I've, I've, I have an AMC A list, uh, movie subscription. I've mentioned this before. I've seen about 78 movies in theaters since like April this year. Um, and, uh, I saw an article in New York Times. I, I'm an avid reader of New York Times, especially lately. Um, that, movie all the academy award movies this year all the ones that are nominated are all ones that were exclusively in theaters and that got me so pumped up because i i my love for going to the movies has been rekindled um you know just sitting there in the theater sharing the experience having that big screen it's it's magical i love it i wish everyone could experience it i hope it continues to exist and it doesn't go away but um some of the, the movies that have been nominated that are going to be nominated i saw an excellent movie called the fablemans the steven spielberg uh Loosely based autobiography. I really enjoyed that. This movie called Tar about a conductor in an orchestra who's so high strung and so intense. Um, something happens to her pupils and then, you know, you see how her mind works and how she thinks and how she deals with the situation. Mm -hmm. um, there's some 
excellent movies that I've seen in theaters. And um, I really just, I wish people would, uh, would go to the movies more, but I'm very happy that the, the highest level of movies are still, you know, showing in theaters exclusively, at least for the first three weeks. And I'm so excited that they're the, you know, they're going to be up for the Academy Awards because, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, it's, it's irrelevant now because nobody goes to the movies anymore. And I, I disagree. I mean, we have to keep that tradition alive. You know, we can't all be recluses in our houses all day. Uh, we can't be scared of COVID. Um, we really should get out and about and experience. Cause like, you know, some of the, you know, I saw a movie Saturday night called, you asked me what I did for the weekend. I completely forgot to mention this. I saw a movie with David Harbor, the actor, David Harbor's in the movie. I didn't go with David Harbor um, called violent night. And, it's, right. and I had been seeing like the, the, the poster when I was at the movies and I was like, what is that? Santa Claus, like a serial killer. What was he just, it's like Michael Myers, but it's Santa Claus. And then it's nothing like that. It's basically like, it's, it's like if home alone and Die Hard had a baby, this would be the movie. It was funny. I probably laughed out loud at least 10 times. It's like, if you like the movie Die Hard and you like Home Alone, you're going to love Violent Night. And I was- Oh, wait a minute. This actor, I thought, I, I think I saw Stranger him on- Things. He's, do you watch Stranger I Things? I don't watch, I don't think Stranger, is it a bigger guy with like a beard? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw him on Jimmy Kimmel or something recently. Go ahead. He's, a, he's, a, he's got a lot of- He was talking about this movie. Yeah, go ahead. Go Are you impressed? Do you have a lot of personality on Kimmel? Yeah, he had a lot of personality, and I, there was a clip where he was on the phone with another Joker, and and I forget what it was, um, but the, it was a, it was a neat, a clever one liner. I thought that might might be an interesting thing to see. It might be an interesting movie to see. Yeah, and I remember just, thinking that. Continuing what I so I saw Violent Night Saturday, but then after I watched some of Saturday Night Live, um, I wasn't too familiar with the host of the musical guest, but they were pretty good. Uh, I think the musical guest was SZA and the host was uh, someone, I think she was on, a, she was, she knows like Keenan Thompson. She was an actress. If I'm not mistaken, she was in that movie. Kiki something? Nope. Remember the movie? Nope. Yeah. But, but the wasn't that her? Wasn't, her was name? it? I think, you know, I think you're right. I think that, I think she's from Nope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I remember seeing her for years. I just never, never Kiki, really knew Kiki her Palmer. name. Kiki Palmer. But anyway, yeah. the skit I wanted to shine a light on, um, it was. You ever see the Arby's commercials with the voice and like they're promoting their their products like the Ven Rames that yeah yeah yeah. Oh my god, they did they did the funniest skit. Um, like, How is like that make- physically possible? <laughs> did you, did you get the, I sent you the link, right? Did you watch it? I watch. I watched the show. Man. Oh, so you saw the one about Arby's, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like, they do the whole ad. Like you get five roast beef sandwiches for ten dollars. Right. And like, then they have them in the, sitting in the restaurant. Like, but how is that physically possible? Yes, exactly. Um, I'm doing the math here, and one roast beef sandwich costs five dollars. It would cost at least thirty for you know that type of thing. And I was just dying laughing. I was like, "This is exactly what I want SNL to do. I want more of this type of stuff." Because they did another skit later that I I was cracking up at too. I don't know if it was the same episode because I started watching more SNL after because I was so pumped up about that skit. Uh, I don't know if I went back and watched the Chappelle one, but there's a skit where this guy was at a person's wedding. He was one of the best men. He was one of the groomsmen. And he was dressed as the Joker from the Batman. And like yeah, it was Hall- yeah, the wedding yeah, happened yeah. to be saw on it. Halloween. You saw yeah. that one? Yeah. He's yeah. like, just let him be dressed as the Joker. And like, I was like, can't be the Joker? Yeah, yeah. That was like those two skits. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time in SNL. And I was just like, maybe it was just the mood I was in. I was pumped up from Violent Night. It's such a good movie. And it was Saturday <laughs> night after work the next day. But between the Arby skit and the Joker skit, I was like, yes, this is exactly what SNL should be doing. So. 
I, I, I didn't. The other, the thing with the can I be Joker, I thought that was a little bit. I just, I was okay. The Arbus thing I thought was clever. I mean, I wasn't rolling on the floor, but I thought it was clever. Um, I just thought the thing they, about, kept, they kept straight faces when they were talking about it. Like, but how? Well, dude, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I've seen Saturday Night Live uh, since the days of its inception, since, you know, since. John Belushi was on it, right? And they had that, they used to do the cone heads where, I mean, you know, it's like, and then through the 90s with Chris Farley, and you're going to be living in a van down by the river. I mean, he just, when he did, used to do that, um, that's get, there were times throughout uh, Billy, uh, Billy Crystal and those guys and Martin Short, um, and they used to do the, the old guys in a deli. They used to, and then Eddie Murphy with Mr. Rogers. What I'm saying is what it lacks to me are those characters like the minute you see the minute you you would see the coneheads you'd automatically start even before the skit started you'd start to laugh because the characters were funny and these were characters that you may not see every single week on the no, show mr peepers i can't remember You're that chris, one chris Catan, mr peepers the guy who was like a monkey Yes, yes, I do. You know, no, I do remember stuff, that. But when, when you could, and you didn't see them every week, but about every other week, and as soon as you saw that character, you knew you were in for a good skit. You knew that character was funny, so you'd be laughing. But now, I mean, the writing and they're just the, the stuff that they're doing. It's like a, I guess that was kind of yeah, cute, this felt, but this felt it wasn't funny. But then I looked uh, on, I was looking on Twitter at like their responses because I was, I was, this has, this is like so funny, and like some people were saying like. SNL just did that to advertise. They're they're selling out. They they're just advertising for Arby's and Taco Bell. And I'm like, well, possibly part of it. It's like some advertising, but it was funny. So why are you overthinking it? Yeah, I mean, it was clever. I, I didn't crack up. I thought it was clever, but it, it just paled yeah, so much in that's comparison. That's my house, though. That that's how paled so much in comparison. You go back and look at some of those those the first fifteen years of that show. Oh my god, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, iconic, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's and it just the I guess it was just the writer, but the writers put those characters in those scenes and they create those characters. And like I said, the minute you would see Chris Farley come out. As that, you know, that motivational speaker, whatever the heck he was, he was just it, it was hilarious. And intrinsically, these people were just funny. Belushi was funny. Chris Farley was funny. You know, uh, uh, Bill, Dan Aykroyd was funny. Uh, Eddie Murphy was funny. These Adam people Sandler? Funny. Adam Sandler was fun. I mean, uh, uh, Martin Short. I mean, you just the list goes on and on and on. And these folks today. It's like, uh, OK, they're, they're, uh, all right. I get there. It's just it. it's not the same. But. If there's part of a Saturday night if you're just chilling and you put that on. You're watching something live from New York. I like watching like, it live, you know. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but that's the I like this, and it's not even for the for the laughter. Did you see that host, that girl, when she came into that choir scene and she belted out "Oh Holy Night"? I mean. I- yeah, that and ever, everyone oh. got super. Everyone, she made everyone else look bad, right? Everyone so just stopped point. what they were doing. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I know that was this this skit was supposed to be on the lighter side, uh, but part of it was for her to show off her pipes too. And man, did she! And that's yeah. one of my favorite Christmas songs. Yeah, I mean, I still Maybe. like watching SNL. What do you think about Weekend Update these days? That's the best part of the show, and I always thought that if they wanted to, they could do a half an hour of that and then an hour of the other stuff. I really do think that they should think about using – I think that's the best part of the show, and I think they should lengthen that from from the 12 minutes or whatever it is, do a full half hour, and just let the rest of the show suffer. Not suffer, um, but – Is Norm MacDonald the all-time Weekend Update guy, though? Rest in peace, Norm. No, um – 
I used to like Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. That was that was before my time. That's, That's why I don't before your time. Go back and check it out. Yeah. But they really and and I guess Norm Macdonald he did it a good and Dennis Miller. I, I I disagree with Dennis Miller on a lot of other things, but um, when he was doing that, uh, that was pretty good. Um, you know, but uh, these guys I think are pretty good. I don't mind. Uh, what's yeah. his name? Hey. So- he, he 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 he's married to uh what's her name? Oh, Colin Joseph, Charles Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Somebody, yeah, I mean, somebody so, at yeah. work. Somebody at work. He's that, doing something right, dude. That day at work. <laughs> that day at work. Somebody said that I, it looks like I could be related to Colin Jost, and I never heard that one before. I'm like, oh really? Because somebody else told me. Somebody else told me earlier in the week too. Like they thought I looked like Lionel Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi, the guy, the famous Argentinian soccer player. So I got I got Lionel Messi. And then I got related to Colin Jost all in one week. I'm like, you know, that's, a, that's interesting. Cause I, growing up, I always got Emilio Estevez. I always got Emilio Estevez, but this week was interesting with those, those uh, references. So um, weird and wild stuff. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little sports. Um, I just want to, I'll let you talk with the Eagles, but I want to talk with the Cowboys a little bit. Um, I'm very happy that the Cowboys won. They put up 54 points. They scored, you know, they won 54 to 19. It happened very quickly because it was. Yeah, I was just going to say, tell me the tell me the score of that game at the end of the third quarter. Oh, at the end of the third quarter. All right, so Dallas scored seven in the first, fourteen in the second, zero in the third, and then thirty three in the fourth. And the Colts so scored it zero. It was twenty one nineteen at the end of three quarters, right? Twenty one nineteen. You're right. Okay, so it, they, they, they were leading the Colts in their own building. The Cowboys were in their own building. And they're leading the Colts 21-19 by two points. And the Colts made some dumbass boo-boos there. But I'm not taking anything away from the Cowboys. I'm saying this was a game. And then I don't know. Did the Cowboys go on like 90-yard scoring drives? Or did the Colts implode and give them like tremendously good field position? I don't know. I'm just asking. I'll be honest. I uh I was occupied during like part of the, the whole scoring when they started scoring a ton. Um, but just looking at, just looking at the fourth quarter here. So the, the beginning of the fourth quarter, Prescott threw a short three yard pass to Gallup for a touchdown. Then it was, then it was a bunch of defensive stuff. They had a defensive fumble return for a touchdown. Okay. Then so Pollard, I'm, I'm hearing the Colts Pollard are starting to implode. What? Right. What, what I'm hearing is the Colts were the Colts unraveled. It, like like the Col- a, it was it was yeah, the Colts on unravel right. and the Cowboys defense really turned it on, you know. Uh, but one thing I'll say is you I'm, turn it on if a guy fumbles all, the ball all, in front of you and you pick it up. It's a, but go ahead. It's not all it's not all uh, you know rosy for the Cowboys because I just I watch a lot. I've really studied Dak closely in the first half, and he threw a near interception. You would think okay, he throws a near. That's interception. another one. That's on the ten yard line. Not his tenure. You know what I mean? It's on the other. That's that's if that guy catches that ball, he either yeah. walks in he, he or they're set that, up first to go. That's seven it, points. It's he does seven it points. every game. And then the same possession, he threw he threw an interception. You know, uh-huh. that that so it's like it's one of those things where Dak, like you think he's taking the next step. It's one like people say it's like you got two steps forward and three steps back. Is Dak is always and then his excuse is I trust my receivers, so I throw the ball where I think they're gonna be. Well, how come every quarterback doesn't say that though? You know, every quarterback doesn't take responsibility for the interception. Don't say you just trust your receivers. It's almost like he's passing blame, you know? Yeah. No, and overall, I'm I'm just like I talked about a couple shows ago. Tony Pollard's taking the reins. Pollard is really like he's 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 our main guy. He's a great pass catcher, too. He's way more of a threat than Zeke. Uh, I think we're a dangerous team. I just don't think that Dak, the combination of Dak as our quarterback and Mike McCarthy as our coach, 
um, can really like, you know, win a Super Bowl. But I could be wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong, you know. But um, but overall, you know, happy. But also, you know, we talked about Villanova last week. Villanova played uh, Oklahoma Saturday at Wells Fargo Center. It wasn't we didn't find out right before the game, but Cam Whitmore made his debut. He's a potential you know lottery pick in the NBA. Um, he didn't do a lot because he's rusty. He's been hurt. He hasn't. He doesn't have game speed. He hasn't practiced a ton. But he hit his first shot of his career. He hit a three pointer. I was thrilled about. He looked very good. It looks like it, once he's in shape, he could pretty much score whenever the hell he wants. He can, you know, he can take guys off the dribble. He's so strong and powerful. He's got a decent shot. If he can shoot around thirty five percent from three, I'll be thrilled. Uh, then once Justin Moore comes back, we'll get rolling. So Villanova is right now we're we're three and five. But I can I could pretty much assure you that. Uh, if we have Cam Whitmore and Justin Moore, wow, watch out because we could be a very dangerous team. So everyone wrote us off because Jay Wright retired and we started off very slow, but they didn't really know the details that we're missing Cam Whitmore, that we're missing Justin Moore. It's a new coach. Um, we're relying on some freshmen. Um, so I'm pretty pumped up about Villanova basketball right now. But um, how about those Eagles, man? How you feeling about after that win versus the Titans? Well, just a quick footnote on the Cowboys. And, and I give the Cowboys credit. They won. And yes, they are formidable. And yes, they do have, look, they have our attention. There's no two ways about that. With regard to that game last night, it was 21-9. They were tw- in a 21-19 game in their own building with the Colts, who are just not that good. They're, 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 the Colts are weird. They're a weird team. They can they can unravel at any time. Um, and they did. Uh, what, what, what happened was you had a, a defensive touchdown. You had a, you know, you had a guy that picked up a fumble on like the 28 yard line and ran it in. And then you had, um, the Colts uh, with two more turnovers to set up. Like we used to say those touchdowns were gift wrapped because it's a turnover. It's not only a turnover, but it's a turnover in like the red zone. It's like we're right near the red zone, you know, so. Now, not taking anything away. They made the plays when they had to make the plays. But if you go back a week, they were in the same kind of a game. It was after three quarters or so. It was a, still a, a real close game with the New York Giants. Okay. Who all due respect to that organization. They're not doing that well this year. Okay. They're starting to fall back into, um, so what I'm saying is, um, I respect the Cowboys. Congratulations to them and their win. They're definitely something, some people that we have to watch very closely. Um, and they have our respect and our concern. They do. That's and so let me you, just get that you, other. What you, how do you feel about Malik Hooker being the guy who made some of those big plays, the former Colt? That's always fun playing against your former team and really just, you know, making them regret their decision, right? I didn't even take notice of what, what position does he play? So Malik Hooker is like a defensive back. Um, okay. He had one of those fumble return for the touchdown, and he just yeah, yeah, okay, it. yes, that's okay, okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now I wanted to ask you a question as a Cowboy fan: Did what happened? You had a corner, you had one of your cornerbacks leave on a cart last night. I don't know what happened with him. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't have no starting I corner. I wasn't even, I wasn't paying attention that closely, you know. Okay, because uh, that that's that's during like the third and fourth quarter. I was kind of occupied doing something else, but. Um, you know, I'll look into it. I'll yeah. look into it. I, I don't think it was Diggs though, right? It wasn't Diggs. No, it was not Diggs. So okay. um, if, it's not, if it's not Diggs, then like it's like one of those things. It's like ah. Yeah, because I think if 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 I'm Nick Sirianni and I say, okay, Jalen, let's do this. Let's throw away from Diggs and anything oh, that's open or open. I know we'll yeah, throw Adam too. I mean, if we put AJ on him, we'll throw Adam too. But yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown ruptured his Achilles, you know, got, you know, that, that happened to Justin Moore. That happened to the Villanova player last year in the elite eight, right before we right. made the final four. 
Um, that's a horrible injury. You know, pray for Anthony Brown, but yeah, Anthony Brown's a good player. I honestly didn't even, uh, yeah, didn't even realize I'm that's surprised a, that's you didn't. Thing, and that's your you know? starting corner on the opposite yeah, I side. Was, uh, yeah. I was, you know, once we started, was the, it got crazy. It was like, once it was like 30 something to 19 or whatever it was, I was doing other stuff. And it was like, I just kept seeing, we kept scoring. And I was like, what the hell? Cause I, I had a bet on the game. Um, I wanted, I wanted Zeke to score and I wanted Jonathan Taylor to score. I had Matt Ryan throwing a touchdown. I had Dak throwing a touchdown. I had Cowboys points. It was a parlay. Um, so I got frustrated when, when Zeke didn't score or Zeke scored, but I got frustrated when Jonathan Taylor didn't score. And it was one of those things that was, and then the blowout was so like, I just, I just totally checked out, but right, well, I, me, so. yeah, I was watching it. And, and like I said, I'm thinking the whole time and everyone's thinking, um, I mean, I mean, that, that pick, that one pick, to which you just alluded that the, the on that 10 yard line, when it hits him in the chest, nine times out of 10, he catches that thing and at least falls down. If he catches it and falls down the Colts player, it's first and goal with the 10. They're going to punch it in there, especially at that point in the game, they were rolling. And he probably doesn't even need to, he probably just catches it and takes three steps and walks into the end zone. But that it hit him in the chest and fell out, yeah, and that wound really, up. You were really paying attention, man. You were I was really paying attention there. That was early on, but that's seven points. So now instead of a, a two point deficit, now they're up by five at the end of the third quarter. The Colts are. But anyway, it didn't happen. After a certain point, I changed the channel. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is. I'm like, get the get the blank out of it. I get that. So I I just turned it the channel and watch something else and then i came back and i was expecting to see like you know 40 points on the board and there were 54 i'm like how in the hell did that happen and then i watched sports center and then i see it wasn't necessarily those extra points or whatever they it, it was a culmination of yeah fumble recovered it went this way uh gift wrap touchdowns and this and that it wasn't like the big bad dallas offense was you know, marching up and down the field, like, you know, uh, yeah, but uh, it reminded me of, you know, it, it reminded me in contrast of, you know, Troy Aikman's Cowboys when they p- played the Buffalo Bills. I think they beat them 52 to nine or something like that. Yeah, I think it was 52 17, I think. 52 17. That was a thrashing. That was offense just yep. taken over that was it, this was not like that this was but it was what it was they were going to win the game anyway by about you know 11 or whatever it was so they won by a lot now i'm not saying i'm just saying let's keep it real um same time listen our guys this look we won the game yesterday i'm proud we won the game against a damn good football team but you know there, there are a couple of things still the first the very first thing is the Titans are known as being a hard-nosed group, and they are a hard-nosed group, but they also had a reputation this year of not being able to really score. So they come out in the first possession, I think it was. It was either first or second possession. I think it was maybe their second, but they scored a touchdown. It was a, it was a great throw. The, the guy had pretty good coverage, but it was just a great throw. And then um, when he catches that touchdown, he gets his bell rung, and he's out for the rest of the game, the, the receiver for the Titans. He's a pretty good receiver. You know, but he was out for this. So they lost their number one for the whole game. Are you so, talking about uh, uh, Robert Woods? Robert Woods. So he's out, right? First quarter, he scores a touchdown. He gets drilled. He's out. Now you're talking about a team that has problems scoring anyway that just lost their number one. So before we puff out our chest and take, oh, look at the defense we played from there on out, we're like the 85 Bears. Not really. You're doing a better, we're doing a better job against the run. That's evident, right? But one of the reasons why we were able to play the run so well yesterday is because we didn't have to worry behind us because 
who's Tannehill and there's no receivers. You get a team like the Cowboys with those receivers, and you're going to have Beckett soon too. You get a team like that with those receivers. I don't know if we can devote so much attention to the run. So I think the receiver who got the touchdown pass was Traylon Burks. I don't even know. I don't know much about Traylon. It's his number. Whoever it was, it was, I think it was their number one, Sean. That's the way I, I, I'm just looking at who I know, because I don't know a lot about Traylon Burks. I don't even know how relevant he is in fantasy, but um, Robert Woods, you know, he was the man for a while and for the Rams. Um, So I consider him the one, but obviously Burks is a threat too this year. So. Oh yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that I'm proud of the, the guys yesterday. We came up, we took a tough team and we beat them handily. Um, Jalen threw the ball fairly well. There were at least three or four passes that I thought, where the hell are you throwing it? But no one's perfect. The guy, let me knock on wood here. He doesn't throw many interceptions at all. He's really good with the football. He had 380 yards and three touchdowns, dude. Yes. I mean, and, but he, he, now there were some plays that were wide. That's what's good about this. The, this offense is that. Even if he makes a couple bonehead like throws that are like, you know, five yards too long or 12 yards too short, or you're wondering what happened. And sometimes, sometimes you got to give him the benefit of the doubt for the most part. Jalen is throwing the ball fairly accurately and fairly well. He's taking care of the football. He's making good decisions. He's going through his progressions. He may never have a cannon, but at least he's throwing a better deep ball. He worked on that in the offseason. And he's a good kid. He's a, he's a great kid and he's really, he wants to be really great at his craft. So we may not have to draft a quarterback now. We may, now we got a couple surplus of number one picks that we don't even have to, you know, so that's good. Can we fill in some other holes and we can continue to be good for, you know, the better part of the next decade? If what's we do going this on, what's right. going on with your run game though? I mean, Miles Sanders, 10 rushes for 24 yards, gain, Bart, uh, Boston Scott, six. Rushes right. for 15 yards. I mean, Gainwell, three for 15. I mean, right. What, what How many carries? How many carries did each of them have? Uh, Sanders, 10, Scott, six, and Gainwell, three. But it's like, but all of them didn't, none of them. I mean, Gainwell averaged five yards a carry. He seemed like he did the best. Uh, but the other guys, you know, 2.4, and 2.7 yards per carry. That's pretty atrocious. Well, it is pretty atrocious. You've got the best run defense in football. I think next to maybe second to San Francisco. I mean, the Titans are the best run, one of the best run defenses in the game. And I think what, I think what, what Sirianni is doing here is he's saying what Jimmy Johnson used to say, pick your poison. If you want to, right. If, if you want to come up and play the run the way you're playing it on us, guess what? We got some, and you want to make our quarterback play from the pocket and beat you with his arm. Guess what? He's going to play from the pocket and he's going to beat you with his arm. I mean, that's that's what we're so or now if you want to turn it the other way you know then we're going to okay you want to spread it out now we're going to run it on you because we got the best offensive line in football so i mean that's where they're going is is that's why i don't think a team has done that in the last 50 years like th- run for th- 350 one week and then throw for 350 another week it's like do you want the sledgehammer you know in the left hand or you want the sledgehammer in the right hand but you know overall you're pretty happy with the eagles right now though pretty happy with the eagles but uh, look the cowboys are like those it, it, there's it's a division thing they know us really well i don't know how you know well i do know how they're you know it's twice a year and every, how about but, how about that how about the commanders giants tying though that's kind of funny man come on 
It's kind of funny and it's annoying it's just, because it's what so, it's it says so do. much about those franchises though. It's always like the Commanders Giants are pretty boring games. I think they could be entertaining, but it's like so bland. It's like oh Commander, it's really not the Redskins Giants, but Commanders Giants, and then the fact that they tie, it's like come on, and twenty points each. You know what the drag up is going to be too? It's going to be that 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 is probably going to get them both into the playoffs. According Rex Ryan said that earlier today on on Get Up, he said you know that's probably. That tie is probably going to, that may not still, but it's probably going to get both those teams in the playoffs. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I want to see that commander's team. I mean, I know that, look, they were in here. We beat them handily the first time. They were, you guys had one bad Monday night game. Now you're scared of the commander. Yeah, not scared, not scared. I just don't know if I want to play a division. You know, I, I, you know, I, if I could, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd like to stay outside the division. Would you rather face Tom Brady, Tom Brady or Taylor Heineke? I think you got a you got a really really good point. Although, you know this this although the Saints I was going to say the Saints are beating up on them pretty well right now. They just sacked them again. It's sixteen to three right now. Uh, the Saints are beating the uh, the Bucks, but the Saints have their number. To answer your question, I'd probably say Heineke. You know why? If you got, and again. I said this too the day after that Commander game or Redskin game, whatever the hell you want. Um, that commander team needed every single break in the book to be in that game late. And they got every single break in the book. Everything went their way. Um, so as a matter of fact, there are a lot of guys on this team that are pissed off about that game and would like to, you know, okay, they're going to come in here again. Okay. Okay, good. So, but it's just something about the NFC East and the, the fact that you play these people, you know, I re- you can remember the Cowboys would be, you know, uh, you know, uh, eight and two, you know what I mean? And, and the Redskins would be five and five and the Redskins would go into Dallas and, and, you know, and whoop up on them. It would happen. You could, ha- you know, and you say, what, how did it? Same thing. And that, that goes for everybody in our division each way. Um, so I don't know what I do know is I'm proud of this team so far. But we had better pay a close close attention to Christmas Eve. And what's neat, though, is we have a two-game lead now. If we went out and you beat us on Christmas Eve, so what? <laughs> we still win the division. We still win the, 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 the conference. We still win everything. Yeah. So all we have to do is we don't even have to beat you on Christmas Eve. We can win the rest of our games except for that one. Okay, so you won this game on Christmas Eve. We win the division, we win the conference, we got home field. Okay, what's next? It's only if there's another loss in there. So that's what we got to guard against. We yeah, meaning the Eagles. Talk about my my uh, one of my bad gambling beats of the week um, was actually I had like a 17 parlay. I took all the favorites in the NFL, like seven favorites. And they're all like, you know, they get negative points. So like they're favored by three points and they get negative three. They're favored by five points. They get negative five. I converted those to alternative lines. So I turned the negative and the positive. So I did like, you know, it was negative three. I did like plus seven. I did ridiculous lines where the favorites are clearly going to win regardless because they're, they're adding points that are already the favorite plus I'm adding points. So they can win by five, but I had, you know, plus seven. So you're getting, you know, seven add to that. Um, I hit every game except the dolphins. I'm, 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 I'm shocked. The Dolphins lost to the 49ers 33 to 17 and the 49ers had a, this like Mr. Irrelevant. I think he was the last pick in the NFL draft. Brock yeah. Purdy 
he he killed the the Dolphins. I mean, twenty five for thirty seven, two hundred ten yards, two touchdowns. Um, the Dolphins lost thirty three to seventeen, and all I need, I had I had Dolphins like plus fourteen point five. It was absurd. So I missed by one point five points. That was the bad beat of the week. But um, did you read anything about this guy Brock Purdy at all? Because Garoppolo is out for the year now, I believe. Yeah, and I haven't read anything about him. I I just saw him a little bit today on the shows now we're talking about he was Mr. Relevant and um, I do know one thing that when a quarterback goes down in the middle of a game and and the the backup quarterback comes in he has a tremendous advantage because there's no film on him or anything yeah but now they're going to see film on this joker and um, I'm no longer looking at the 49ers as and I know they never really asked Garoppolo to do a lot it's not that kind of an offense and it's it, it is more of a you know of a, of a horizontal offense, you know, it's a physical and, and power sweeps and this kind of a screen. It's all, I, I get all that, but still, yeah, you, you can't, I don't think, I think unless they do something, unless they do some, I don't know what they can do. Um, but I think it's going to take them out of contention. I think in the NFC, um, it's, it's, it's I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you and uh, me, man. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt uh, Mike Shannon, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Mike Shanahan's son. Um, I wouldn't doubt the 49ers, man. They're a team that always seems to, you know, hang around. And the fact that you're acting like Jimmy Garoppolo, like they lost friggin', you know, Mahomes. Like it's Jimmy Garoppolo. He kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Like he's nothing special. Um, He's a game manager. I think Brock Purdy's going to do fine. You know what I mean? They had a situation a couple of years ago. It was some other guy who was like dad was in the NFL or something like that. And he did okay for like a couple of weeks. Um, But I don't know. I just don't think it's like a big deal losing Garoppolo. I think they're going to, they have McCaffrey, they got Debo Samuel. They have a great defense. They got Bosa. Um, I think San Francisco is quite a threat, man. Dolphins are pretty good. For them to win 30-30-17 against wow. the Dolphins, that, and Mike McDaniel is a hell of a coach. Um, I don't know. I think I think uh, the 49ers are going to be okay. I think they're uh, – well, I, I I disagree. I just think that this guy is his first action. They're, the other teams are going to have film on him now and prepare for him. And the the big thing is playoff football that's a whole different animal and garofalo was used to it he had experience there and was okay with it so this kid doesn't have any experience when that playoffs is a whole different ball game literally you know what i mean so um that's where i think it's gonna it's gonna show can they still finish off fairly strong make the playoff sure but that lack of playoff experience is going to rear its ugly head, I'm afraid. So, Can we just uh, briefly talk about uh, Russell Wilson and what exactly happened to him when he got to Denver? Why has he been so bad? That's a very good question. Um, this guy was like a he was he he's always been short, right? He's always problem was he's kind of short. But was it was Pete Carroll and the Seattle twelfth man the whole crowd elevating him to like a different like level? Or he is he just getting too old? Is he just has he lost a step? What the I haven't been studying the Broncos that closely. I'm just looking at I'm looking at the stats and hearing all the the, the people on TV, these experts, and uh, I don't know, man. He was he's been pretty atrocious, you know. Well, I look at I look at Russell. I look at Russell. I always thought he was given a little too much credit. I did respect the Eagles him. want him. The Eagles wanted Russell Wilson. Well, Andy Reid was going to draft. Andy Reid had him oh, all lined like recently, up to draft not, him. Not, not Reid. Like recently, weren't they trying to get him? They were talking about it. They were they were talking about it this summer a little bit. Talking is one thing. Um, I think when they found out how much the Seahawks wanted for him, I think Roseman said, "Yeah, it's a, take care of yourself." <laughs> you 
Vicky <laughs> said, yeah, okay, give me a sip of that. Um, so I think they talked to him, to, to the, I think the Eagles talked to the Seahawks a little bit. Uh, and I think you're remiss if you don't. But I think once Howie Roseman said, you want what? Okay, take care. So that's what I think. It wasn't like we were had this big old, you know, had him in here and we're buying him dinner. And no, 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 no. Let's get it right. So they, they, they talked to him. They did their due diligence and they said, yeah, he's not worth it. Yeah. Um, I always thought, I always thought with regard to him, he was a benefit of the legendary defenses that they had there. That Legion of Boom was unbelievable. Okay. And then a solid, damn solid offensive line and beast mode. Let's not forget about beast mode. Yep. I mean, that is That's quite a bit. Skittles guy, the Skittles guy. Yeah, Skittles guy. When you have an offensive line like that and a running game like that and a defense like that, you just need your quarterback to make a few plays. And he would slide out of the pocket, and he had a nice arm, and he had some made some nice plays. But, man, oh, man, I mean, he wasn't, you know, anywhere near um, – you know, a quarter, you know, was a quarter billion or but something. Put, but why is, why is this drop been like such a sudden, like decline, sharp decline this, this year? I think it might be just father time catching up to him. And I yeah. think the Seahawks were onto it and they didn't let on, you know, now granted his lack of play in Seattle was also because he's of only that. 34 years old though. You know what I mean? Brady's like 45 and Russell well, Wilson, Bra- I think takes his health pretty seriously. And he probably eats all the right things. I don't know if he's following the TB 12 plan, but um, well, 34 but years five, old, for... he's five foot 11 and he's 34 years old. I mean, I mean, the, the, obviously the height, but he's always, he's always kind of like proven everybody wrong about his height, but to be only 34, just, you know, well, you say only 34. I mean, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, a quarterback said, I'm 34. It's probably that time. And this and that, I mean, we, we we're, we're starting to use Brady as a reference point, And I think Brady is an aberration big time. <laughs> Yeah, Brady, Brady's just it, it, you can't we can't look at well Brady's, you know well Brady might be a vampire Brady might be a vampire <laughs> right well yeah right I mean Brady's doing this I mean, forget about it. Brady's just that's that's again that's the outlier we shouldn't even yeah. think about him and think about a quarter quarterback being thirty five years old is just starting to get old I know what you mean yeah back in the day that was really old you saw what Aikman Aikman you know had to go early because he had a lot of concussions but. You know, but these days, the day and age, with their, all the data we have with the what to eat and how to work out and how to target certain, uh, you know, how to make yourself so efficient as a quarterback and effective and not to scramble as much and to protect yourself and the, the length of your career. Uh, I'm just kind of shocked that Russell Wilson's been that bad. I mean, I don't think it's the mile high of the air either. I don't think there's an excuse because it's home and road. Anyway, uh, let's talk about your cheat meal this week. How was your cheat meal? Uh, what was your because we didn't really do it last episode. What was your cheat meal this week? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the cheat meal this week, I changed things up. I went to Chick-fil-A. Uh, I forgot how damn good that place is. Um, so I went to Chick-fil-A and I got the, I, I'm, I'm easy to write simple. I got, I like the classic sandwich, that classic, right? Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, it has the butter roll. Butter roll, roll and the thing is just fried with the seasonings. It's perfect, you yeah. know that. So do you I got use the uh, Chick Fil A sauce or anything, or Polynesian sauce, or do you use ketchup, barbecue sauce. Okay. So you should I try. Take... You should try the Polynesian or Chick Fil A sauce. You'd be surprised. The Chick Fil A sauce kind of tastes like barbecue sauce. I recommend it. All right. So I got two of those with barbecue. Two two of those sandwiches with hey, barbecue try the sauce. Chick Fil A sauce, man. I'm telling you. 
I'm going to try it. All right. I got you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Excuse me, Lord, for using your name. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm, you know what? I'm going to try the Polynesian sauce next time. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Listen, I, I, I got like two, you know, I, you know, we like to kid each other. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I got, um, two of those sandwiches. I got the large waffle fries, fries like nowhere else. Right. They're, they're good, um, but they're, they're, the fries are, you got a large waffle fries at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. The fries are so big. It feels like you didn't eat anything. It's like, what did I have? Like seven fries and the whole thing's done. I got a little more than seven, but I, I got your point. But you know what? They're, but they're big and there's a lot of surface area. You're counting them, but true, there's a lot true, of surface like, area. Psychologically, you want the volume, you want more, you know? I don't care about psychologically. When I'm, when I'm in that rhythm, man, I'm just, I'm eating them. Um, so I got the two sandwiches, the large fries, uh, medium macaroni and cheese, large bucket of, of Coca Cola, right? And three chocolate chip cookies. And it was pretty damn good, man. The Chick Fil A chocolate chip cookies. Yep. Are they good? Are they better than Wawa's? They are not better than Wawa's, but instead of uh, you know like an A double plus like Wawa is, they're a solid A. They're good, you know, and they're there. It's there's something about it. it's handy, right? Because sometimes when you go to some of these places, they don't have dessert. That's it's a little frustrating. With the, the dessert they do have is like you know, you know. There's a place where I go to. I'm not going to name any names because I'm going to speak about it detrimentally. I love the food, but um, the dessert is very limited, and it's all cinnamon. Cinnamon this, cinnamon this, cinnamon this. That cinnamon gives me heartburn like you wouldn't believe. It rips me up, so I can't even eat any of that. So I always bring my own dessert when I go to that place, and I have their main course, and then I have whatever I have. I pull out chocolate chip cookies from a hoodie and and eat it, but I'm not going to mention any names. But the the Chick-fil-A was good. Yeah, Chick-fil-A is definitely good. I wish they were open on Sundays, but, you know, they have their reasons. But um, yeah. I just want to promote my TikTok a little bit while we're talking about food. I have a TikTok called Sean Review Stuff. S-E-A-N, my name, Sean, reviews with an S at the end, and then another S, stuff. Um, so far, I put three reviews up, but I have at least 30, 30 food reviews recorded. Um, I just put up a, a rice ball today. Um you know, TikTok's, TikTok will get you a, little, a lot of views initially because it's an algorithm, but I'm still trying to build up, you know, trying to figure out how to build up my following on there. But, you know, that's how I originally, you know, I started doing the food reviews and people in my crypto group were like, man, these are really funny. Um, then I always had the idea to do the podcast for a while. I was always, that was germinating and I had ideas written down for years, needed a solid co-host um, and had to actually make it happen, make it reality. So, so I have food reviews online. If you guys want to check those out, um, Again, we're on we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. The podcast is on Spotify, Apple, TuneIn Radio, RSS feed. Um, I got you know very great feedback from people I don't even know who listen to the show. Said the show is very good. Uh, an old friend reached out. An old friend, one of my best friends from back in the day. I still consider him a great friend, but we just don't live in the same state anymore. Reached out and said he's really enjoying the show. So, you know, I'm just you know very happy that we're doing this show and we're getting positive feedback because those, whenever I get the positive feedback, it really makes my day. You know, it's like, you could get like a million trolls telling you the show's horrible. And just people that you care about will tell you that the show's good or someone that you don't know, know tells you the show's good and it keeps you going. And when I told Joe, I know you were happy when you heard that. So, um, yes, we're enjoying doing this and I'm glad everyone's listening. Um, and, uh, have a great day. Have a great yes. night, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care.